0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Running on Own podcast. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I'm excited to have Scott Spitz, accomplished runner, writer, and vegan on the podcast. Scott is the creator of the Run Vegan blog, where he shares his insights on running, veganism, and life. In this episode, we discuss how Scott started running at the age of six accomplishing his 2 hours, 25 minutes, 55 seconds marathon PR in the 2009 Chicago Marathon. Scott explains the backstory to his 19 years of being a vegan. Lastly, Scott describes his current journey with stomach cancer and how it has influenced his relationship with running and life. I hope you enjoy the show. Oh. Running on Ohm podcast. Let's jump in. How did you become involved in running?
1: Uh, you know, oddly enough, um, I kind of just fell into it and I was like six years old. My parents, um, were kind of recreational runners and they did some, uh, community runs and, you know, as being young, I went along with them and there was one specific race. I remember it was the first race I ran and my mom just took off with everyone and being six, I just thought, Hey, that looked really fun. I'm going to go after them. And so I just kept running and, and ended up, uh, just finishing it. It was a 5k and, and ended up just finishing that. And much to my dad's, uh, kind of amusement and maybe a little frustration. I just kind of left him and went and finished the race. But, uh, and then, you know, it was kind of, um, I guess I kind of discovered a talent and, uh, my sisters all ran. So it kind of is part of our family interests and I would say our family genetics too, for sure. So, uh, um, yeah, I was intermittently running through middle school and kind of stopped for a little bit and then ran my last two years of high school, stopped for thirteen years, and then just uh one day I was kind of living in a small rural town in Indiana and was bored and just thought I wanna pick up running again. And I just left the house wearing non-running clothes and ran five miles and just felt amazing and just kind of remembered what it was all like and then have just kept going from there. That's it.
0: Why did you stop for those 13 years?
1: You know, it was just one of those things where in high school, I kind of did it because, you know, I, I guess I had the talent and I enjoyed it, but um, I just didn't really understand what I would do with it after high school. You get into college and I think I was just kind of getting uh, wrapped up in so many other different interests in running. I, I didn't know about a future in running. I I had no idea about my abilities. So I just uh, I just didn't run in college. And I actually think it kind of benefited me because some of my teammates um, all ran in college. So they, they ran in high school, they ran in college, and they continued on. And they talk about being burnt out a lot. And I just haven't experienced that. You know, getting back into it when I was like 30 years old was – so much better because it was something new to me, you know. I still had that sort of passion for it, but they're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I've done this for my entire life, you know. So, so it's it's a better perspective, I think. Uh, kind of taking a break a little bit.
0: And since that five mile run, what kind of distances have you ran?
1: Um, you know, I sort of have something of an obsessive personality, so I you know, once I finished that one, I kind of just kept going and seeing what what more I could do and push myself. And I really, really enjoy half marathons. And I did a, a handful of those. And uh, one specific half marathon, a friend told me that my time qualified me for the top 100 corral at the Chicago Marathon. And I didn't give much thought to it. But after he told me that, I was like, well, I guess I run a marathon now. So I started, uh, training for that. And I was really heavily into that. And that's kind of what I've been training for ever since. Um, but I did um, start training for an ultra, um, didn't go as planned. Um, I've done a 45 mile charity run. Um, and then I tried that ultra. Um, I'd like to do it again. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, I've kind of just done everything that, that is available to me that, you know, I kept pushing myself.
0: And the Chicago marathon, marathon, talk to me a little bit about your experience running that. What was it like being in the top 100 corral?
1: Oh, man, it was, it's unreal. I mean, I can still think back and just be like, that's insane that happened, you know. Like, I didn't really get a full understanding of what was going on. And I think, oddly enough, one of my favorite moments was getting into the corral and, you know, there being hundred. Uh, you know, 150 of us, the elites are right to the side of us. And I'm with my teammates. I'm kind of following their lead. I'm just so intimidated. I'm in Chicago. It's my first marathon. didn't know what to do. And my teammates go straight to the start line and I'm standing right behind them. And I'm just like, I felt like, I don't think I belong here. Like I was felt like somebody's going to grab my shoulder and be like, what are you doing? Get off the start line. I mean, like I was looking out at the completely empty street and, and empty buildings and people everywhere. And just like, What's going on? I was so intimidated. Um, but it was just the, such an amazing run and everything went really smooth. I mean, I was definitely had a lot of fear of like what could happen and how bad it could get. But that the weather was my kind of weather and everything just fell into place and it was just such an amazing run. And um still my my marathon PR to this day that I, I at some point I want to take down. But um it was just it was awesome. It was just totally awesome
0: did you hit the wall?
1: Um, you know, I know a lot of people say they hit a wall and I guess I did in a way, but I expected it to come sooner. And, uh, maybe it's a testament to my, you know, my coach and his, his preparation for us, but it was around mile 23 where I'm running. And all of a sudden it's like, my legs were just like cement like I had so much in my lungs and so much in my head and I was just like let's just go and my legs were like there's no more going you just you, this is the pace you're gonna finish all the way in and uh um so I didn't I didn't sort of break down into that that shuffle where I'm just like oh god how am I gonna make the finish it was just like I couldn't run as fast as I wanted to um it's the subsequent year or the next year uh, 2010 I I uh, I, d- I definitely hit a wall of some sort and I kind of had to force myself in, but um, but I still made it. So, you know, it was all right.
0: <laughs> Would you say Chicago 2009 is the race that you're most proud of that you've ran in your life? Or is there another one that's really notable? Uh,
1: you know, I've thought about that a lot. Like, what is my favorite race? And I've had a lot of favorite races. And, they, you know, that's definitely up there. I, I can't deny that. Um, but honestly I've, I've actually had training runs that stand out more like just you know doing a training run that i just killed it you know like I, I had my pace and i i was so intimidated going into it and just had the best run and felt so strong and those really stick with me and then there was just some um trail runs i've done like a i did a couple back-to-back long runs uh on a uh, uh, on the weekend on some trails that were just they were just epic. They were just amazing and I just felt when I was finished, I just felt like I was on top of the world and it's odd to kind of say that. Um but as far as races go, you know Chicago's up there, but as far as running in general goes, it just kind of is more about the experience and some of those really stand out more than just kind of my accomplishment in in that race.
0: What do you think about when racing?
1: <laughs> um i I often have a song in my head or a verse that repeats um, i don't think about much to be honest like there's not i don't often like i don't think about you know what's it going to be like to finish or or anything I don't get like a story in my head kind of like I do when i'm training i definitely I have stories in my head and, and and thoughts when I'm training, but in a race, I usually have some sort of song that's repetitive and maybe um or a verse that 's repetitive and <clears throat> just kind of helps me work through the miles sometimes there 'll be some competition that I can <clears throat> work from and sort of evaluate like you know am I moving on them, and should I make a move here or there and um so if there 's competition around that kind of dictates my thoughts, but other than that, I think I just sort of go into a mental zone that <laughs> that just lets me get through the distance, and that 's it, you know
0: and you mentioned your team are you still in a team or do you have um, significant training partners that have really inspired your running
1: yeah i definitely um for for uh a long time i was i just when i picked up running again i was training by myself um just trying to get an understanding of you know what's the best way to progress and doing adding speed work adding hills doing things like that but i got connected to some local runners um and got on the team and they're still my teammates. And even though I'm kind of uh, stifled right now and am not able to train with them, I'm very much part of the team and they consider me part of the team. And I try to, you know, feed off them and give back as much as I can, you know, uh, con- considering what's going on. But um, uh, they're, one of the runners is um, made the Olympic marathon trials. We were training for that together and he actually qualified later in the year um, and then there was a couple others that were just – I've learned tons from. I mean, they – everything they told me about marathon running and and certain aspects of competitive running were just dead on. And, um, yeah, they're just – they're definitely good friends of mine. So it's it's awesome. I love being a part of it. And I want to I get back to the point where I'm back training with them all the time.
0: What do you think is the biggest piece of advice someone's given you in the art of running?
1: Uh, um, gosh, maybe start slower. <laughs> I, I had a I had a tendency to to before I got it, went in with the team to just it felt good and I was like I'm just gonna go, you know. And you know, I start the race and the first mile. I mean, I've run some half marathons where the first mile was like 503, and it was like not what I should have run. You know, I kind of compromised myself and. My coach said something to the effect when I first met him. He was like, "Yeah, the other guys on the team said if he could learn to pace himself at the start, he could be pretty dangerous." So I get really kind of built up and and excited about about racing and and kind of go out a little bit too hard. So that was a that was a piece of advice I had to I was given and I had to learn and definitely helped. Um, But gosh, I've had there's been so much advice that I've been given, but that's probably the best.
0: (laughs) Cool. So talk to me a little bit about cancer. When were you diagnosed? How has this impacted your relationship to running to life?
1: Wow. Um, you know, it was in hindsight, there were some things that that were happening to me last winter that confused me in relation to my running. But, you know, I kept working through it. And I Kept trying to figure out. I just kind of felt like I needed to get through the winter and things would turn around. And I was just having a a rough winter, and I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, And then, pretty much, it was overnight. It happened. It was, you know, I was running. I ran. I mentioned this kind of often in my blogs and stuff. But I did a thirty-mile trail run with a friend of mine who was training for a hundred-mile ultra. Um, We were running seven-minute miles, just having just this amazing run. It was just, it was just awesome. And then two days later, all of a sudden my stomach hurts to the point where I can hardly eat and everything's just going wrong. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. And I get it checked out. Um, And this was in April, the beginning of April. Um, We thought it was a hernia. And it turns out, you know, the got sent to a surgeon and he's like, I don't think that's a hernia. And we do a scan. He does a scan. He's like, Yeah, I got to tell you something. He's like, This is a very rare form of stomach cancer. It's just, Completely out of the blue. I'm just like, okay, you know, what happens now? I just kind of was like, all right, let's get past this. Um, and it was supposed to be a simple procedure. It was supposed to be, well, not I, it's not a simple procedure by any means. It was a really extensive surgery that kind of laid me out for a long time. Um, but it was supposed to be just go through the surgery, get rid of the cancer, it doesn't spread, recover, and go on with your life. But when they went in, they found out it was far more advanced than they thought. Um, so it changed the plan. They had to cut it short and um, started in on chemo and so um, hoping to shrink the cancer so that they can then go back in and do the surgery again. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. I just had my, literally had my ninth of 12 scheduled infusions this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as, how it's affected my running is just, it's really, really difficult. I mean, I've just lost so much ability. I mean, I, I'm, let me just say, I'm very fortunate in how I'm going through this process physically. And I attribute that to a couple of things. One, my lifestyle leading into into this cancer diagnosis and my lifestyle continuing uh, after diagnosis Um. But I'm also very fortunate, I believe, to have, you know, have good genes. Essentially, the, the same genes that I think help me be a good runner and help me recover well and um, just help my body deal with stresses, I think, has really helped me be able to um, kind of combat the the deteriorating fec- effects of chemotherapy and pills I take and stuff, which are pretty significant. And so, right now, my running is very much day by day it's like can I run and I see how far I can run and I do it so there'll be days I'll run five miles and I'll be done there'll be days I run a half marathon and just because I can and, and you know and I'm done and um, then there's days where you know I can't, I'll i go four or five days without being able to run because my feet are in so much pain and they're just so wiped out that that I just can't so it's really, really throwing me off. You know, I, I can't compete. I can't consistently train. I can't rely on anything, um, until I'm through this process. With that said, being able to run through this is hugely beneficial to me in a number of ways. I think whether it deals with cancer or not, I don't know. Um, but it strengthens me physically to sort of ward off the, um, the sort of decreased immune system that can happen through it, um, and then mentally it's it's huge, you know, just not only do I get such a sense of satisfaction from it, but, you know, it just helps me deal with the potential, you know, darkness of dealing with cancer and just kind of the considerations and being, you know, sort of mentally stimulated and positive through this. So I definitely don't deny that that benefit of running through this. And so... Some people are like, "You're not still running, are you?" And I'm like, "Man, I have to. Like, if I stop through this, it's not going to be good, you know." So I do it every, any any second I get. Um, and then, as far as life, man, it changes often, you know. I don't even. I've had so many. Uh, I don't know. It was, I like to say that I'm, I'm emotionally winning. I mean, it, I mean, it's weird to think that my life is – emotionally, my life is actually better now that I've had cancer. It's a really weird realization to come to. Um, but it's it kind of revolves around the fact that I had so many people, I mean, friends and family and strangers and people across the world just support me in some way and just – you know, want to encourage me through this. And it's so, it's, it's touching and it's, it's humbling. And, you know, there's, there's all that that's just really helped me continue on to this and not kind of succumb to just, like, dread. Um, and, you know, it's just been, there's just been so much that it has kind of just made my life better through this. And, and you know, I've always tried to consider elements of life and death and how that kind of affects our perspectives in life. But definitely it's a lot different when you're actually facing it. You know, like, you can think about these things and sort of come to conclusions and, and, and sort of um, hypothesize about your ideas on this. But when you're actually facing it, it's, like, it's very much more real and very more intense, and, and um, it's helped me come to terms with a lot of things and sort of alter my life to how I, how I really want it you know, um, as much as I can and uh emotionally anyways and that's been again it's a weird realization but i have to admit that it's just better from this you know and i i, I want it gone i want to get past it but in the meantime um this is good you know this is good what i'm doing with it, so.
0: and you have a son how has cancer impacted your being a father
1: yeah he um um he, I'm on a visitation schedule with him, so he lives in North Carolina uh, most of the time with his mom. But I, you know, I get him in the summertime and I get him for holidays and stuff. So um, uh, he's aware of it. And he's very, he's very smart and he's very um, inquisitive. And um, we talk about it, and I don't, I don't mince words about what's going on. Um, the best thing that happened though was when I got diagnosed was when he was here with me. And uh, I initially thought it was just hernia, So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to have this surgery, but it's not going to be a big deal. Don't worry about it. And then when it was cancer and I let people know, it was so important because not only was I there to explain it to him in person and give him my perspective and kind of give it to him straight and, and calm, but he was able to see how other people reacted to it. So it wasn't just what I told him. It was more important to see that, people cared about what was going on and, and they weren't, I mean, there was, there was definitely an emotional intensity to it, but, um, they, they, he got to see, uh, I'm tensing up here. Sorry. (laughs) No, but they got to see, he got to see that they, that people were not, um, being dreadful about it, or it wasn't a scary thing, Mm. essentially, you know, people weren't freaking out, like, oh my God, it was just like, I had a lot of support, and so I think that probably helped him in some way deal with it himself, you know, say, follow others' lead, and say, okay, this is an appropriate reaction, you know, so.
0: How old is he? Uh,
1: he'll be seven in January, so, um, yeah, so he's, he was, uh, um, you know he's he's six you know when he found out, so um yeah he's he's really great about it
0: a strong kid like like son yeah. like father <laughs> so.
1: yeah yeah he he's 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 great and uh I hope maybe he has some of my running genes and not my not the not the genes that sort of uh, influence the cancer, but my running genes that's what I'm hoping for down the line, so <laughs> we'll see
0: and tell me you say your lifestyle has been something that has been, kept you really strong. I know you're a vegan. Tell me about why did you become vegan? When did you become vegan?
1: I went vegan back in 1994. Um, and so I've been vegan for 19 years and, uh, it, um, I got into it for ethical reasons. Uh, the, the culture that I was a part of, a you know, musical subculture, veganism was very, And a drug-free lifestyle was very prominent as the ideals. Um, So I kind of got educated to the issues of of animal treatment through that subculture. Um, That has always been my foundation. That's always been my motivation for it. Um, You know, as I got older, uh, to to be honest, the health health aspect of veganism was there, but it was just sort of like a, a support, like, oh, yeah, it's healthy too. You know, like people didn't really concentrate on that. And there was probably a lot of unhealthy vegans, you know, from from that time period, because they're just, when you're young, you just don't have the sort of uh, consideration of the importance of the health aspect. However, um, as I got older, and I think probably when my son was born was when I really started um, paying more attention to health and dietary needs and things like that um, through my diet. And then marathon running really turned it around. It was like cut out root beer and just like really started eating really well and uh you know that was great um but uh you know the ethical concern is my is my foundation that's always what drives my veganism um and my expressions of it too um and then it's interesting because definitely since 94 veganism as part of our culture is God, miles from what it used to be i mean it's so we never in the, in the Mid to late 90s, we never imagined veganism would be where it is today. I mean, it was like we did it because we felt it was right, but it, and it, you know, we were also sort of attracted to extremes, and it was definitely an extreme. And you, you would go into a restaurant, and you, if you said the term, you just got a blank stare. Nobody knew what that was, they had never heard the term. And I mean, we had, I remember when we had to just ask for the box for the ingredients. Like we had to say, I need to see the box so I can see if I can eat this. Cause you couldn't explain it to people. And so to think that there's all these, you know, food products and alternatives and restaurants and all this stuff now in such a short amount of time, is just kind of mind blowing. And it's, it's really encouraging and awesome. And it's great to see and great to see that it's easier for a lot of people to transition into it. Um, on whatever basis—health, ethics, anything. So, um, with,
0: yes. With the high yeah. volume that um, is required from distance running, has it ever made you doubt whether your vegan diet can fully nourish you?
1: Yeah, uh, it honestly never has. I, um, you know, it's funny because it's so second nature to me. It's just part of my existence for so long that when I started running, I never gave it a second thought. I never thought you know, oh, I wonder if this is going to compromise my running or anything like that. And, you know, people sort of put that idea in your head or, or they, they kind of mention it. Like, like, do you think this is an issue? And I, I thought, Oh, should I consider that? And then I thought, well, I'm not getting beat at the races. So <laughs> I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> like I didn't really think, um, I didn't really think about it too hard because I never felt compromised in any way. Um, but as the more I paid attention to it, it was interesting to see that most dietary advice for people was very much, and especially even in like running magazines, it was like, eat more fruits and vegetables, you know, eat eat a lot of carbs, you know, cut out meats and dairies. And then, I mean, it was like basically promoting moving towards a vegan diet, vegetarianism at least. And so I think that there is something to say that the diet can be beneficial to athleticism if, you know, I suppose, engaged in the right context, you know, and in, in if you, you know, eat in a certain way, I think it can definitely help. Um, and, uh, you know, I do things. I I pay attention to, you know, trying to eat some whole foods and, and um, taking, I take a, a B12 supplement. That's the only supplement that I do actually take. Um, I've had blood tests and everything's been fine. Um And, uh, you know, I still get the, you know, where do you get your protein and, you know, all that, all those kind of questions. And it's just kind of a non-issue. It's never been a problem. I just sort of rely on eating a diverse diet and, you know, that's really about it. Just eating a diverse diet, you know, and I, I'm not like a, a Puritan. I don't, I mean, I'll eat cookies, you know, I'll eat cake and I'll, I'll eat fake meats and all that kind of stuff. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I just don't rely on it, um you know I I limit it and that's that's it you know makes it easier for me
0: And did you celebrate Thanksgiving recently in a vegan setting? And how did Yeah, you-
1: yeah, I definitely that was definitely always it's funny I never really cared about Thanksgiving too much and then oddly enough it'd be, it sort of has become this big vegan holiday because people go all out and we used to have you know gatherings of of our friends it would be like 20 or 30 of us you know, at this house or coming through and just had so much food and everyone sort of made something really special and it was just like growing up thinking about what constituted Thanksgiving before vegetarianism or veganism was just kind of like, oh, that's, that's kind of lame, you know, like we go all out, you know, we make lots of really great food and so this year we had we had a, well, a smaller gathering but we had a lot of good food and definitely continued that tradition.
0: Great. How has your blog connected you to the world? I know you you have described with your process of cancer the support you've gotten yeah. through your blog.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I've always written to some degree of various subjects, and I think it's just one of those things where running feels so much a part of me that when I first started running, it just sort of uh, got woven into my subjects that I would write about. And I found that there was a lot to describe in running. And so it made me a better writer and that I was being more descriptive and being more detailed, um, in my writings. And then just kind of running became so central to my daily life that that's just what I focused on. And, um, it actually was leading into Chicago where my, my friends, um, do uh, Chicago soy food. So they do tea's um cheese and they do Danny's marshmallows and they kind of contacted me because they're into um athletics too to be a sponsor for them and I was like, yeah, let's do that. Like sponsor me and and um and so we sort of collaborated a little bit and part of that was I was like, yeah, I'll write about my experiences on the blog and everything um leading up to Chicago and sort of by their influence and uh it just sort of started really promoting it in some way like I was really focused on promoting running and veganism together um leading up to that and uh yeah I just I didn't expect a lot of following like at all I just sort of Was like, this is what I want to do. I enjoy writing too. So I was kind of concentrating on that, but I started getting more and more followers, and people were really drawn to the story. And I think, you know, my running abilities kind of drew people in too because, you know, vegan athleticism was sort of getting much more recognized. And so I was sort of on the fringes of those, you know, running is hard to become a pro athlete and, you know, be in that sort of realm, but I was sort of on the fringes of, of that, you know, elite level. And so I got a little bit more attention through that. Um, and then my Chicago race really helped and it continued on. Um, however, uh, the cancer thing really drew a lot of people to the blog as well. Um, for obvious reasons, I think, you know, people drew a lot of inspiration from what I've got going on and continuing on through it. So, um, that that definitely drew a lot more people in and and you know i have no i have no uh interest in stopping it's just something i really enjoy it's you know central to my life as well so
0: who would you say is the person that is your biggest mentor inspiration whether it's a fellow vegan runner an author a family member
1: hmm, wow um I hope this doesn't come off too egotistical but i don't have a lot i mean i'm sure i could come up with people like if i thought about inspirations um
0: or mentor or a teacher
1: yeah i you know I, I i i guess i instantly think about <laughs> i have a friend one of my teammate his name is john little and uh he's a he's a great person fascinating character very animated and open and you know, no filter at all. And, uh, when I was training with him for Chicago in 2009, you know, we had a lot of conversations and we weren't talking about running. I didn't always agree with him with, with a lot of things he said, but he would tell me all the stuff about running and marathoning. And it was like, everything he know, he said about that was dead on. Like everything he said about running was about running marathon was very true. And, uh, that That definitely helped like that stuck in my head, and uh, uh he's always been you know someone I can count on to give me good advice and running, I suppose um, and then I have a friend that I met through this cancer experience, pretty crazy connection we have, but uh, his name is Aaron um, out in Portland. he does the um, company called Upness. And he was actually diagnosed with uh m s right about the same time I was diagnosed with cancer, and we were kind of connected through instagram and it was just like we have a lot of other cultural connections um and we you know I don't know how i mean, he he expresses that he feeds off of of what I do, and I definitely feed off of what he does because we have similar sorts of you know good days and bad days, and he he really helps he really helps with that um and then definitely I got connected with um, the Strong Hearts uh, Cafe out in Syracuse. Um, we have some interesting connections, too. Um, social media is a small world, let me tell you. But uh, I went out there and ran on the Ragnar team, and they've been so supportive of me and so complimentary of, of of what I've been doing, and they've expressed so getting so much inspiration from what I did, even before cancer um and they're such an awesome group of people, and we have so many connections and they've encouraged me whether whether they deliberately do it or not, just them posting about themselves running and and continuing on and and really pushing themselves is just like there definitely will be days where I'm like, "I don't have to run today, and I'm like, no, you're gonna run like <laughs> you're going to run and you're going to post a photo and show them that you ran too. You know, like it's just, it's before it was sort of a very, um, uh, personal act. And I just kind of did it for myself, but with everyone else kind of expressing their, their inspiration encouragement from me, like I get just as much from everybody else now. And it's, uh, it's really cool and very helpful, especially, in my context where I definitely have an out. I can pull the cancer card anytime and be like, yeah, I'm just not going to do it today, and, but it's always better when I do. So oh, there's, there's a lot more than that, but I think those people stand out the most.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story. To close up our interview, I have a few either or questions. Sure. Mountains or oceans?
1: Uh, mountains.
0: Smoothies or juices? smoothies early bird or night owl early bird apples or oranges
1: uh oh that's a toss-up um let's go with apples
0: cool thank (laughs) you so much scott for making the time and sharing your story
1: sure it's it was great thanks i really appreciate it
0: oh Thank you for listening to episode 12 of the Running on Ohm podcast with accomplished runner, writer, and vegan Scott Spitz. Check out runningonohm.com for links to Scott's sites, including his blog, Run Vegan. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.